From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. And we're back from break and re-energized. Back from break. Yeah. That's the end name of this episode. <laughs> Loving it. So uh, as our dedicated listeners know, we took some time off. We basically took uh, three weeks off or yeah, so. Yeah, three weeks. So both of us had some travel um, and stuff. I was in Europe. And yes. you were in the Grand Canyon? I went to Phoenix, the Grand Canyon, yes, indeed. Um, all kind of fun, and so we discuss uh, those trips and some of the adventures we faced in greater depth on our Patreon uh, page. So Yeah, check it out. Uh, Bonus content over there. You can actually subscribe and get access to that. But in this episode, we thought we would just take a, you know, a moment to talk about, all right, listen, we've been, we haven't recorded for three weeks, Yeah. Uh, so it's like, We've been traveling. Obviously, you've had time to watch some stuff. Watch some stuff. Let's talk about it. All right. On my trip home from Europe, I watched right. five movies on the plane. See, that's the thing about international travel. Just, you just back to back. You catch up on sometimes edited uh, films. <laughs> okay. I will say this. Uh, you you always are like, hey, these movies are edited. Uh, I watched Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. I can guarantee you it was not edited. There was a... Maybe it was one of those permissive European airlines that doesn't really uh, care. Air, Air France? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's really, like, it's just uh, okay with boobs. Yeah, that's fine, right? I, I felt really weird watching it because like there were some kids behind me. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but whatever. It's a really good movie. Um, yeah, what what, did, what have you been watching? I'll, I'll talk about what I've been watching here in a second. Yeah, should we just go through one-on-one? On, one on one? Because, listen, I, I've seen... Let's take it one at a time. Yeah, yeah. Because Let's just, what's the first thing you watched here, or that you want to talk about? Here's what I'm. I've just been thinking uh, pretty consistently about uh, one thing for sure. But I've seen two things. I've seen two televised, filmed, entertainment uh, pieces that I believe, okay. as of this date, which is August. What is what is it? Twenty third. Twenty. Not August. July. Oh my gosh, we're still in July. July twenty fourth. I'm lost, people. Uh, I am absolutely lost. But anyways, as of this day, I think they will certainly be on my top five. Oh, wow. I I already got two in my top five. I mean, I just, I don't expect the rest of the year to bring things that were as good as the following. All right. So I'm going to start with the big one. If you have not seen Hannah Gadsby's stand-up routine, Nanette, yet. Watch it. You need to do it as soon as possible. I watch it this night. This is, I'm going to argue, uh, the best stand-up I've seen. It's the most important stand-up I've seen in at least 30-some years. Wow, that's a bold statement. Uh, and and the reason, so I don't want to spoil a lot because mm-hmm. I think part of the value of going into this stand-up routine is expecting one thing and getting another thing. Okay. It's almost a stand-up with a twist. Um, But it is, I will say, I will sum this up in one word to say that it is devastating. Wow. It's devastating because of the way that she critiques stand-up, like the form, the art form of stand-up. Oh, man, this is like, you're really hyping this up. It's, it's... It's also devastating because of the story that she tells. It's devastating to, in some ways, the audience, or at least a popular culture audience. Mm -hmm. It's devastating to those who don't think that other people's problems are their own. It's devastating. um, It's even even a devastating lecture about art history. 
And and I God, think and it's all in I, a comedy. So this is what I'm gonna say. I just I, I don't know what else to say without talking about this in detail, but it is it, it's the best. And I, I guarantee that this will, if it's not number one on my you know 2018 list, it's cert it's certainly up there. Yeah. Gotta be I, up I just I better than I like can't, movies and stuff. I can't think of anything else I've seen recent in recent memory. I don't know if I've ever, I've genuinely never seen you this worked up about it. I'm very worked up about it. I'm very worked up about it. And you, and you should be worked up about it. All right. Well, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll do another episode talking more about comedy and I'll watch it and we'll chat about it some more. So there it is. I, I also posted, this caused me to re-engage with the platform known as Facebook. (laughs) I actually posted an individual post and I said, my, it receives my highest recommendation. Wow. See it RN. As the kids say. RN, as in right now. I see that you speak internet lingo. I, I, I speak the text language. You speak the internet. <laughs> hey, I'm on the internet. Hey-o. That's, uh, that's one of my favorite things anyway. to yell at concerts. Uh, hey <laughs> No, I'm on the internet. Oh. <laughs> it's like, hey is kind of unoriginal, but uh, anyways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, so I'm, I'm like, I'm sold. Nanette, Hannah Gadsby. Ugh. Uh, oh. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, I also watched some comedy on the plane. All right, tell me about it. Uh, John Mulaney's new stand-up. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't remember the name of it actually, but it's just yeah. John Mulaney's newest one. I did watch that too. He he he. It's good. He rolls in that one too. He, he does. He does a good job. I think it's not his best, but it's not his best one. But that doesn't mean it's bad in any way. It's it's John Mulaney. It's more of John Mulaney. I love John Mulaney. Um, you know his fi- my favorite joke of his actually is not on any of his uh, stand-up specials like that are visual. You have to like listen to it. But he has this one joke about a jukebox that's just amazing. If you haven't heard it, go find it. I'm not sure what album it's on, <laughs> but you'll find it. Um, but yeah, it was good. He had a really good joke about uh, Trump, which was just like, imagine releasing a horse into the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. That, yeah, that was funny, actually. It was really because good. Because it was a good... Yeah. It was a good allegory for like the political situation. He's like, yeah, and some people are like, well, we just want to like change the change up the political climate. He's like, yeah, but you don't let a horse in a hospital, All right? <laughs> like that's not changing. Any, it just it's just madness. Yeah, but it's uh, it's really good. So um, I really enjoy John Mulaney. He kind of reminds me of like a like an old school like like a like a carnival barker or something. I don't know. I don't know what I'm a carnival barker. He's a like fast talking sort yeah, of. He's like, hey, uh, kids, like, hey, what kids, what do you? I got some. I got some things to tell you. Yeah. But yeah, he was fun. Uh, really enjoyed him. Um, and then I also watched an episode of Bob's Burgers. Um, I, I watch Bob's Burgers. It's like, you know, when it's on, I watch it. It's a good show. Can I Can I, Can I? I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. I want to go back to John Mulaney's okay, thing. Yeah. Because I think we talked about this before, but one of the things that I remember um, liking about his new stand-up, uh, which I've come to appreciate about him more and more, is that his his timing, his delivery is just like, Top that, notch. That's what makes his comedy so good. And it, it is. It really is. Because his jokes aren't that funny if you told them. <laughs> that's the thing, because I was thinking about, you know, you were talking about this. I do remember the the Trump is the horse in the hospital thing, but I, I can't remember a lot of specific jokes, but I remember laughing like, yeah, really numerous hard. times throughout that stand-up. Mm-hmm. For me, like the tidal wave that is Hannah Gadsby's Nanette has just washed away everything else. <laughs> you can't even like... I, Think about other comedians, I, and I'm gonna go. I'm, I will watch it again. Um, so I don't want to go back to my thing. <laughs> oh, you're fine. But I'm just. Did I'm you just Did you like John Mulaney's though when you saw? I it? did. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I liked it, and I do think even in that one because he's playing to like a. It seems like a bigger hall. It's right? huge. It was really huge audience. Two story like yeah, two um, kind of old timey theater yeah. or some of the really nice kind of classic theater. And yeah. um, but he 
he still nails it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's um he's, he's very really, he's really on. Yeah, he's really active too. He only he only holds the mic, he doesn't have a stand, and I love that he walks mm-hmm. around so much. Yeah. Makes it really active and really fun. Also the stage is really beautiful, which was nice to like look at a beautiful exactly. stage yeah. behind him. Um yeah, so that was good. All right. So anyways, um, you were moving on to Bob's uh, Bob's Burgers. Uh do you watch Bob's Burgers? Loves love Bob's Burgers, but yeah, here, here's what it's I'll great. say. I I've just kind of slowly been making my way through the whole series. Like when uh, what For those of you who don't know, that was my impersonation of Tina. Tina? Tina. Tina. Gosh, it's been a while since I watched. It's been a minute yeah. since I watched a Bob's Burgers episode. A hot second. Um, but I love it. I love Bob's Burgers. I love it because like you like Bob. Like Bob's a nice guy. <laughs> He's like a good guy. You know, I actually saw this. I should see if I could track this down again because you would really like it. Um, there was a, a colleague of mine, Lauren, uh, Lauren Brotslovsky, if you're out there. Actually, she's in Brazil right now, I think, teaching. Uh, but she sent this to me when I was in grad school. She's like, hey, do you watch Bob's Burgers? Like, you really got to watch Bob's Burgers. And I, I just, I never did, right? Because mm-hmm. I was busy with other things and whatever. Then I finally got around to watching it. And she sent me this this video that basically is this really interesting commentary on why Bob's Burgers and why the characters are so endearing. Yeah, they're all endearing. They're all endearing, but uh, one of the the central themes of this um, this kind of take on Bob's Burgers was that um, they they all fail in whatever they do. Yeah, they're all bad at everything all the time. But in fact, that makes them like, more more human and more likable because the there's so much heart in like what they're trying to do and like the way they're trying to go about it to yeah. some degree. But they almost always fail. Yeah. And so that's where the comedy comes from, obviously, but it's also this really heartfelt... And all the kids are, like, really weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy and whatever, but... I love Gene. <laughs> Gene is great. He has it's dreams of... He's just, Gene has dreams. Yeah. <laughs> the, the dreams of becoming a musician. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, so I watched this one specific episode, though, on the plane. Mm-hmm. Every scene was done by a different artist. There were like 60 artists or something like that in this Like episode. a different director or different? No, like, like a different animator. Oh, animator. So it was the art amazing. style was different. One scene was like claymation. The next scene was like anime. The oh. next scene was like this weird, like everyone was really long and tall. Um, the next scene was like an archer looking one. Hmm. It was like beautiful just to look at. Like it was really impressive. And like... Well, not only that, it was like a funny story. Uh, Mr. Fish Odor, their their their, yeah. their landlord, like was playing tag with his brother. Their yearly game of tag, mm-hmm. or no, not tag, hide and seek. And so his brother was like hiding in the store, <laughs> and the kids were like trying to like keep him like hidden in the fridge. But it was it was just it was a funny episode. And I think that Bob's Burgers has like hits and misses. It's always funny, but I think there are some episodes that really just stand out. I, you know, I think we were talking about this a little bit before the show too. And, and I, I've said like, as I've been going through all the episodes, I really wish now in retrospect that I would have been like taking notes to be like this one, like revisit this one, because there are some that are just hilarious. Oh yeah. Like, like just nonstop. Well, Bob's Burgers is a very well-written show. I think it's just always really funny. And I think it is because of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this episode was not only was it funny though, it was just impressive. It was like it kind of it, it was a nice departure from like your classic like structure of episode just in terms of visuals. Uh, mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of the musical episode of Scrubs. Um, yeah, you're you're the Scrubs guy. Oh, you don't like Scrubs? No, nope. right. no. Nope. Scrubs is great. Um, uh, as who was it? Who's the who sang that song? I don't want no Scrubs. I have no idea. <laughs> Anyways, that's my response to you, Joey. Okay. 
I don't want no scrubs. A scrub is the guy that can't get no love from me. <laughs> you heard this song? No, You've heard this song. No, I, don't. I don't know. Gosh, that's unfortunate. I can't remember. But yeah, so it was a nice departure. Uh, Bob's Burgers is great. Uh, and that was a really fun episode just because of how visually stimulating it was. And I think on an airplane also, that's just like heightened. You're just like, oh, God, it's like I'm looking at this tiny screen and the person <laughs> in front of me smells like B.O. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I that's another story. Never mind. I just had a flashback <laughs> because also one of my flights um back from like we got How did it happen? Like we got rerouted somehow? Did we get rerouted? Oh gosh, I can't even remember, but I just remember, yes, we did. We took a different path home, a different flight path home. We were oh, supposed wow. to have a um like a storm or something. I don't know why I'm telling this story, but I will say that it was <laughs> it was the worst flight experience i think i've ever had this flight was really rough it was delayed four hours and we were stuck and but after we had sat down so but, but it was here, 16 hours but here's the thing like i remember now actually we were supposed to leave really late at night and we were like all right we're kind of done because it was like 100 and, i don't know 115 degrees in phoenix or whatever we're like all right yeah we've seen all we want to see let's see if we can get an earlier flight got on an earlier flight and sure enough you know like on southwest we boarded like last yeah. right and it was really bad, but then I, I, I'll tell this story some other time, but, um, it was, it was also heartening because I was, it was like classic, like sandwiched in, in the oh, last row yeah. in between two, uh, larger people. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking like, you know, sure, I'm upset, I'm uncomfortable. But then by the end of the flight, I was like, I had more sympathy for the people, on the it. other two people. Because I'm like, I'm a skinny guy, like I can deal with it. And, you know, it wasn't an international flight or anything like that. But like these people have to be uncomfortable on every flight that they go on. Yeah. You know? And so I had a transformation. I had a, I had a transformative nice, flight. Nice growthing, gr- growthing. And you know why I was in such a, such a generous mood, Joey? Mm. I'll relate this to the second uh, documentary that, oh, well, yeah. that I saw and that really brought out the kindness in... Birkenbein, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Aww. The documentary about Fred Rogers uh, of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood fame. Did you watch Mr. Rogers growing up? Oh, I did. Yeah, me too. Yep. Yep. He was on for a long time. He was on it for a long time. In fact, I even forgot, I I guess I knew that he was still on, but I forgot he came, so I think he, his final Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood may have been in like the year 2000, Mm -hmm. but he came back after 9-11. Wow. And did another show. And it was just, I'll say this, uh, I cried. Mm. I cried specifically at the end, although there were other moments too. But specifically at the end, there's such a really good um, moment Mm -hmm. at the end of this documentary that I think is useful for everyone right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like- It just, yeah. It just, it, it was- Tensions are high. Tensions are high. People are very dismissive of other people. Um, people tend to like just kind of assume people are, you know, they you put them in boxes and something that you can then disagree with. Um, it's a very sort of humanizing and really, um, really good look at someone who devoted his life to, you know, children's education, um, kindness, uh, love, acceptance. And it was it was just a really nice, really nice documentary. Another I've, highly recommended. You know, it's not like something that's like super like oh, I'm going to watch a documentary on Mister Rogers. But everyone I know that's seen it is like it's it's great. It's, it's excellent. Fantastic. It is absolutely excellent. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just, it's very good. Yeah. Very good. Good old Mr. Rogers. Yep. Well, speaking of documentaries, I watched a documentary. Okay. Uh, not on Mr. Rogers. On Titan. The, the moon of Saturn. The moon. Sure. Uh, it was really interesting. It was just about, it was about the uh, Cassini program. Yes. Um, and, you know, do you remember the Rosetta satellite that went and landed and put a lander on um, uh, an asteroid? And how they did it. Mm, it don't... like lowered it down with a crane and like had like thrusters. It was like the craziest thing that shouldn't have worked. Okay. And I was like, wow, I can't believe like NASA and the International Space Community like approved this. And like it worked, but it was like, that's ridiculous. And that's how that they did. They put this thing on an asteroid. But then you watch the Cassini one and they didn't even know what the atmosphere of Titan was like. They had no idea, no data on it. So there's like, yeah, we're just going to throw something down that can deal with a lot and yeah. just see if it lasts. And I was like, what? Yeah, it was like a fifteen-year mission, and you guys were like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna like like shoot this probe into into like this unknown planet and just hope it works," and like that kind of message was just like, "Oh man, space travel is so like cool and so like it kind of just like gave me hope in a way." It was like we don't know what the hell is down there. Mm-hmm. We got nothing, and we're just gonna like we're just gonna put like this disc with a bunch of cameras and like probes and just hope that it works. And it did, and it was like super convoluted. And it, it ended, um, so the satellite, I don't, I think it was the Cassini probe and a different satellite, or maybe the other way around. I don't remember one of their names, um, but it was mostly built by an Italian space agency, or they, by, the, by the Italian space agency. But um, the, the satellite last year, um, they, they, they uh, crashed it into Saturn, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it just had it burn up in the atmosphere because they didn't want it to run out of battery and crash into the moon and maybe infect the environment. Um, mm-hmm. But so Titan looks like a very uh, habitable place for us, actually. Yeah, so that was what was so interesting about it. That's what I've heard, right? I remember hearing this, that it basically has one of the most promising... Atmos- it has an atmosphere. atmosphere. It has an atmosphere, right? It's one of the only moons that has an atmosphere. Is this the... Yes, that's right. Uh, and is this the one also that has like uh, oceans of like nitrogen mm-hmm. or uh, something? Ocean, uh, methane. Of methane, okay. Yeah, rivers and lakes of methane, yeah. yeah. All over the place, yeah. Super, yeah. super cool. Um, yeah, and so it was a really interesting documentary. Uh, I love I love space, so maybe that. Did also they get any images? They do. They have tons so of images. So there's images in there, and they're really cool. Yeah. And all the all of the stones there are really smooth because they've been in these. It, the The Cassini uh, probe landed in a old a dried up riverbed, mm. and those are the only images we have of the surface. And so there's like four pictures, <laughs> um, but it was super cool. Nice. Um, and then what also I thought was amazing about this was to get it there. To get in orbit around Titan, they had to get the probe through Saturn's rings. Mm. It flew through like an ice ring hmm. in space. And they again they were just like, Yeah, we just hope it didn't hit anything. <laughs> and I was like, What? <laughs> I can't believe it. Like, that's what how we're doing this. It's just like, meh. And like it kind of <laughs> it like stupidly rem- reminded me of um Rogue One, where they're like, rebellions are built on hope, and I'm like, space is just built on hope. It's just yeah. like, yeah, this yeah. is good. And like the number of missions that we've had that like should have failed and didn't are actually staggering when you yeah. think about it. Uh, and so it was a really fun documentary. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, yeah, so that was, a, that was a cool thing to watch on the plane. You going to go back to playing some Kerbal Space Program? It really made me want to play some Kerbal Space Program. Um, <laughs> yeah. Building so. rockets. Building rockets. Good old Joey Rockets over here. That's, <laughs> that's what they called me in high school. Joey. <laughs> Joey, Joey, Joey Rockets. Joey Rockets. Did, did anybody call you that? Uh, no, no, I'm gonna call you that now. Uh, my my first boss at my first job uh, called me Joey Bag of Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Because uh, she had a cat. Can I uh, named I Joey mean, Bag of Donuts? There's a okay. I was okay. Never mind. <laughs> I was gonna say there's an obvious reason that I you know, but I had to. I was gonna ask like how or why did you get the that's that why. Nickname? Well, I, and then I was like, why did your cat have the name Joey Bag of Donuts? And he's like, I don't know. I don't remember why. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, so yeah. oh fun. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of documentaries, I got another one on my roster here. Yeah. Uh, actually, a docu series. Oh, I yes. got a, I got one too. Uh, docu series, uh, Wild Wild Country. Okay, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, yeah. This is another. It's 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 in the same vein as the true crime stuff. It's not a true. I mean, I guess it was a crime to a point. Yeah. They they yeah. they definitely yeah. committed some crimes, but it's about a cult, right? Uh, yes. I watched uh, the first episode of this. Some would say a cult. Some would say uh, an intentional community. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, but yes. Um. It's a community of people to the um, Bhagwan, um, mm-hmm. uh, Osho, uh, he's known as the Rajneeshis. Okay. And the reason that I heard about the Rajneeshis was actually because when I did my, uh, my doctoral work at the University of Oregon, the library there had like this archival um, kind of uh, retrospective on the Rajneeshis. So they had all these materials and, and newspaper clippings and stuff. So they had this little exhibit up in the library. And um, it's still very much a part of like... Oregonian. Oregonian folklore. You know what I mean? And not even folklore necessarily because it, 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 did it happen. happened, you yeah. know? Um, I would just say lore. We'll put it that way mm-hmm. then. Um, yeah, very interesting. So the, this kind of... Um, uh, the Rajneeshis basically established this uh, intentional community in rural Oregon, kind of uh, uh, wanted to build their their utopia there. But then they also like did some very the, illegal things. The means that they took to to do that, like for example, like take over the local city council and poison the water supply. Po- yeah, so they also had plans for poisoning the water supply. There was uh, there were poisonings of of restaurants and stuff like yeah. they they kind of tainted um like salad bars and stuff with salmonella and started to, so people would show up like they so they'd get sick and not show up to vote so then they could seize control of like this thing. wow that is insane um yeah. yeah so it actually still remains the largest case of bioterrorism like domestic domestic case of bioterrorism in the united states yeah uh yeah, real, real interesting, real interesting stuff. But it's an interesting look at, I think more than anything, it's an interesting look at um, like utopian projects, right? We're going to build this like perfect space and we're actually going to do it, mm-hmm. right? And it's really impressive, like the scale, the size, like what they actually accomplished. But then the contradiction of like the means that you take to get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not only that, but then just kind of like how trust starts to erode on certain high-level members of the community. Well, what I thought was interesting, too, about this was like, yeah, that social aspect, right? And yeah. how they manipulate it. I mean, one of the other things that they did, which was incredibly interesting, is that they they started traveling to cities around the country. Because, uh, so let me back up. Um, another kind of uh, way – so in Oregon – um, I believe that the election laws state that basically you only have to live, you have to be 18 uh, with identification or whatever on the day that you vote or have resided in the state or something for a very limited amount of time. Okay. And so what the Rajneeshis did is they started getting buses to like major city centers and just bringing homeless people 
from the streets to the community so that then they could vote for the Rajneeshis. Like, insane. Um, and it, it, it's just really, I mean, so anyways, it's, fa- it's fascinating. It's a fascinating look at that tension between, you know, means and ends. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'll just say that very generally. I'd say it's worth a watch. Okay. Yeah, I've only um, watched the first episode, but I uh, I plan on watching more. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's definitely worth worth watching. I, I also watched the first episode of The Staircase. Oh, my sister's watching this right now. Yeah. So it's about a, this, woman, uh, this guy was, he's an author. He's a famous author. Early yeah. Vietnam War books. Um, and his wife died by falling down a staircase. And he said that she fell and the police say that he pushed her. Or like just hacked her to death because there was just blood everywhere. Hmm. Uh, very interesting. Um you know, it is funny, though, because we were talking about this a little bit earlier, which is that the, there is, like, this wave of true crime stuff, and it's getting a little bit kind of um, fat- fatiguing, you know? True crime is everywhere. And thank- I think it's all, yeah, thanks to Serial. Thanks to Serial. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Um, because the stuff has been selling big time, but now it's almost like everybody wants to do true crime. Yeah. And some of it's kind of like, uh, it feels, it, it, just, it, it's starting to feel more like Dateline. Yeah. And it, it and it. It basically, I mean, that that's it a really is. good thing because, I mean, that's a really good comparison because that's what it is, but it's just done maybe in a more compelling way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, like, like, Dateline, I appreciate that. I like that, like, when yeah. things can be more compelling. Yeah, certainly. And I think that people are interested in true crime because, you know, the stakes are real. Yeah, it's number like a one. real thing I that mean, happened. Something happened. But then people are fascinated by kind of the mystery that shrouds some true. crimes. Yeah, well, and right? also, like, I think we love... Like our culture just loves like psychopaths and like we're not psychopaths, but like what the in, like what was the intention behind what, this? And we're never gonna know. What's for sure. the motive? Yeah. Like what actually happened here? But then the process of trying to figure it out mm-hmm. and how imperfect that is. Yeah. Right. No matter what you're, no matter which crime you're talking about. I mean, everybody got all up in arms about uh, making a murderer, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, started campaigns to try and free Stephen Avery and all this. Well, stuff. What's, what was interesting about making a murderer too was like. It was kind of one-sided because I read a lot of articles where people came out and they were like, yeah, but like there were also like a lot of reasons that this dude should be in jail. Yeah. Or like a lot of like things that point to it that they just kind of didn't touch on or like this kind of breezed over in the. So I was there. Like, did you, did I tell no, you this? What? Yeah. <laughs> you so were in? I was in Green Bay, Wisconsin when this happened. Wow. And I graduated. Explain to people for like for those who haven't okay, seen Making a so Murder. So if you haven't seen Making a Murder, it basically centers on the murder of a, a journalist, uh, Teresa Hallbach. And um, uh, so she had gone out to uh, do a story on this, um, on the Avery's uh, kind of what it's like a, he, he just has like a junkyard or yeah, something, yeah. right? Uh, all this stuff. And um, she was murdered brutally. And. And then all the suspicion, and then so basically, making a murder just follows the investigation and to try and figure out what yeah. happened. And, and at the end of the series, they kind of conclude they're like, "Well, the district judge or whatever, like, just was like, we got to get a conviction of some sort. Doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. So I just convicted this dude." Yeah, I would say I don't think it's unfair to say that the documentary portrays um, Avery in a sympathetic light. I would say at best, I will. I'm going to give the the series the benefit of the doubt. At best, it. It, it's making the argument that there is reasonable doubt in the case, and mm-hmm. therefore Avery should not have been convicted. Well, same thing with 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 serial and the fir- the first step, the first yeah, exactly series exactly. But yeah, so well, I didn't know you were there. Well, here's the crazy or, thing, you know, in the area. So Teresa Hallbach's brother and I were in the same class. Oh wow! So he's featured in the uh, in the documentary as well, um, 
And I do. I remember all the local news coverage. I remember being there. But when you're when you're that, I would just say that How old like. Are you? So I would have been. Oh gosh, when so 2005, right? And so I would have been 23. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, because I, I graduated. That was the year I graduated. Okay. It was the same year I graduated. Um, I remember all that happening. Um, Mike Hallbach was, uh, like I said, we were in group. We did group projects together in classes. Wow. Um, all, all that kind of stuff. And so I would just say that, like, when you're when you're closer, like I, I, I you know, was I was I personally affected? No, I'm not here to say that. But like, when you're that close and you know someone whose sister, you. you you just start to it's it's sort of difficult to withhold i would say you're more emotionally invested mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah especially when something like that comes out and then you just start to hear all the kind of conspiracy theories about like oh no it was her ex-boyfriend who did it because why did he have all this other stuff I'm like i don't think so and then somebody somebody said i think it was here actually it was one of my students was like i think that actually the ex-boyfriend and the brother did it and i'm like yeah well that's when I need to tell you that actually I know Mike Hallbach. Uh, no, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I, I and I, I. That's not being naive. I'm just saying like no, that yeah. didn't happen, right? Um. So, anyways, this is a tangent, but yeah, I I was there for the true crime thing. Interesting. I, I do think that. Um, yeah, true crime does kind of dehumanize it a bit in that like it's they're just doing it for a spectacle. It's well, like. And Which I, is kind of sad. And I think to a certain degree, you know, the task of the documentarian, the filmmaker or whatever, is to try to faithfully represent, you know, an entire range of humanity and mm-hmm. to humanize them to a certain degree, right? Or to, to be faithful to at least a representation of that. But what ends up happening, obviously, is you can't you can't represent someone, the you know, a full human beings, yeah. you know, um, you know, qualities and in conflicts and stuff in whatever snap sort of introductions to characters, but they become characters, right? Yeah, they do. They become a character. They become a character. And that character then, if you don't literally tell people, like the interpretation is open, right? Yeah. And then it all depends on how you represent that character. Well, and uh, I don't know if you've listened to S-Town or not. Yeah. Um, probably one of my favorite podcasts of all time. It's, it's amazing. suing now. They're, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to bring up is that they're they're getting sued because they say that one of the characters in S Town dies. I don't want to really bring it up too much, but um, yeah, don't spoil that. Yeah, um, they're saying that that like that guy was unfaith was was not faithfully represented, or like they're using his death basically for profit. Right. Yeah. So there was a moment beyond which you know the family feels as though there was an there was a yeah an unfaithful. It's not even the it's just the the guy who's running the estate. The that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, very interesting. Uh, yeah, true crime is kind of a weird trend that's picking up right now. Um, so yeah. Anything yeah. else to say about that? Uh, not necessarily, but I will kind of spin off into a true crime. I have uh, a I have a true crime one as well. A fictionalized version of true crime. Same. Wait a second. What are you doing? Which one? Which one you got? Wind River. No, I don't have that one. Okay. Uh, this one's called the mechanism. Okay. Or o mecanismo. O mecanismo. <laughs> so it's it's a Brazilian series, sure. right? Which is actually so it's a fictionalized version. Of the true story of the the uh, the car wash investigations into corruption oh, in the Brazilian government, so yeah. the the Lava Jato or the I heard these jet are, wash. Yeah, this is like we got the president fired or the prime minister impeached, impeached. Yes, yeah, fired, impeached. impeached. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the ex president Lula da Silva is imprisoned currently, and so people are still calling for him to be out of prison. But this follows the 
kind of journalistic investigations into what started this whole thing. Wow. So at this point, I'm only like two or three episodes in. Where are you, so where are you watching this? It's on Netflix. Is it? Okay. Yeah. It, so it is on Netflix, uh, subtitled um, from Portuguese. But yeah, so the mechanism. And so it, it just kind of tries to uncover. It's actually really well done, I will say, that the, the mechanism as a series is really well done in the sense that it's um, nicely produced and it has this kind of you know, like kind of air of, how, how would I, I'll say one, how do I want to put this? This is what happens when you're doing live podcasts. Hey, live podcasts. But I want to say basically that to some degree, it's a little uh, sketchy. And I mean that literally in the terms of like, you're getting impressions of what's happening, but you it's really hard to follow all the details yeah. and to connect all the dots. But I think it's a stylistic choice because that's the way that the journalistic invest the investigative journalism goes too, yeah. right? You start to make certain connections and you it's very it clear. It all kind of starts painting a picture. It again. starts to paint yeah, it starts to kind of become more clear as it goes on. Mm-hmm. But in the early episodes, we're just kind of meeting the characters who are involved, seeing how they're progressing, what happens to some. I mean, it, it's moving pretty quickly, so I'll be curious to see what happens um, you know, by the end of the series. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I watched Wind River, which is Tell also, me about a fictional, it. fictionalized thing of a th- real thing that happened, which was there was uh, the rape and murder of this this Native American girl in Wyoming, hmm. um, and it's just kind of this this FBI agent shows up there, and it's in the middle of the winter, and she works with a guy from the Fish and Wildlife to like help solve the murder, um, and it has it was it was a heart heart wrenching movie. It was a really hard movie. A lot of Sad. I mean, it's just talking about like how difficult, like living on a, a reservation is even today, and like just yeah. the poverty, and like these kids are just expected to go to jail, and like that's just kind of like what they like they just expect to go to jail at some point, and it, it, it I think it really portrays all of that really well, and then there's this like this massive shootout with machine guns and like sniper rifles, and I'm like, yeah, that happened like that, I'm sure, <laughs> and it was really like kind of annoying to me because like. I know people did die, and like I'm sure there was a shootout that happened, like, in, in, like in the actual events. But like the Hollywoodness of it really took me out of the movie because like I mm-hmm. felt like it was a very faithful following of an actual investigation up until that moment, and I was like, what? Like this just mm-hmm. feels like an action movie all of a sudden, and it kind of came out of nowhere. And so I had a lot of problems with that, um, and I have this problem with a lot of movies, like. Like the Hurt Locker, for example. I know we talked about that on the Oscars uh, episode, yeah. I believe. Yes. But everyone's like, "Wow, it's so realistic." No, it's not. That movie is nothing. There's no realism at all in that movie. And like, I think that they're making people think that. And not that I've experienced any of this, but I have friends that have been to like, to like to Afghanistan and stuff. And I, I, I there's no way that like a mar- not a marine, a guy who's like a bomb defusal guy, mm-hmm. can just like end up in the middle of the desert, like abandoned from his platoon just picks up a 50 caliber sniper rifle puts it on his shoulder and shoots a guy like in the head that's like a mile away sure. not a trained like i don't know and so like stuff like that always bothers me um and so mm. this movie kind of had one of those moments and it really took me out of it um it's still a good movie but that has it definitely has some flaws in it okay it's very over dramatic at the end especially you know what uh flash i episode idea here flash episode we idea. should actually get uh professor merton running wolf mm-hmm. to come down and talk about uh native americans in film sure yeah for sure and i think wind like, river portrayed them their portrayal uh 
problematic portrayals mm-hmm. because he's also a filmmaker. Yeah. So he's currently, he just released a trailer for his new- Not a trailer, he released the, well, well maybe he didn't. He had, the he had a sh- screening. Yeah, he had a screening of the, the shorter version, but we I can, think this- we, can, we can plug it here. It's called, um, it's called Warrior, I believe. Oh gosh, I'm not, I might be That's, wrong. I can yeah. look it up. We'll look it up. So we'll <laughs> I'll, look it up. I'll, yeah, but yeah. So Wind River. Uh, I, I think it's worth a watch. Interesting. But I, it kind of lost me a little. It lost me a bit. Uh, very heartbreaking movie though. Like oh my god, just like totally sad. Nothing happy ever. Also, it portrays Wyoming in like the dead of winter amazingly. Like you just get this yeah. great sense of like just depression and like cold and like just open wilderness rural life yeah yep. it was it, that was that was really good uh speaking of portrayals uh at times problematic mm-hmm. um i've also been watching finally getting around to watching some of the um parts of known parts unknown oh An- Anthony yeah Bourdain. yeah i watched yep. i've actually been watching that too now i will say that actually uh you know it, it's a bit more complicated i think there were some arguments that came out you know right after obviously um Bourdain had passed away that Oh, you got it. It's soldier. Soldier. That's right. Not warrior. I was like, yeah, warrior doesn't so, sound right. Yeah, Merton Running Wolf, soldier. Soldier. Um, but anyway, so anyway, Anthony yeah, Bourdain. Yeah. Anthony Bourdain. So what? What I did is I watched. Uh, I think I watched like the first episode, and then we just kind of bounced around and watched some others. I do. I, I like the show. I, I think that it's it's better than uh, you know quite a few other. I mean, it's more interesting to me than than a lot of food shows because he does do a good job of giving you at least like a snap. Of the culture. Kind of history. But then also, like, you know, talking to local people. That's all nice. Of course, it's all very orchestrated. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, personal, like, guides and guards and yeah, everything sure. else is there. And there's a certain degree of sort of, you know, Western arrogance that comes into the to Bourdain's presence in some of these places. Yeah. But I think on the whole, I'm I'm willing to give... You know, willing to give the the show uh, some more chances. I think what we did specifically is we looked at. Um, so I've mentioned before, but uh, so my wife's from Brazil, so we went to look for any Brazilian episodes. Oh yeah, and there are. There's at least two. So we watched one of them, um, which is pretty good. The other thing that we noticed, and I'm pretty sure it's the same in all episodes, or either that, or I've just happened to to pick all the episodes in which he's just constantly drinking. Oh yeah. Like it's just nonstop. He does seem to be drinking a lot in the episodes. Yeah, it's all it's all he does. He's just sitting around getting drunk with with other people, you know, yeah. and eating like a lot. Pretty unhealthy, actually. Yeah. I would say, but you know, it's, it does it makes make you television. want some uh, some food. Makes you want some food and some caipirinhas. Oh, I had some snails while I was in Paris. Some, I believe you mean escargot. Escargot. They're good. That was good. <laughs> yeah. C'est bon. Yeah, c'est bon. C'est bon. <laughs> c'est bon. C'est right. si bon. I, I will say, I think we've been pretty good about transitioning between stuff. Yeah. I got no, I got no more transitions for this next one. <laughs> okay. Give it to me. Um, uh, I watched Rise and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, on the plane. yeah, the new one. I this wish, I, new... I wish the War of the Planet of the Apes was also on there because then I could have finished the trilogy. So that's the one I have not seen. Yeah. I, 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 I also have not seen the last one yet. Okay, so we, neither of us have finished it, but we watched the first two. Yeah. Um, genuinely. Very surprised and happily so. Uh, I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Um, some of the lines were a little campy, a little predictable, but like that's to be expected, especially from like a big black big Hollywood. Movie. But like the message that these movies are like putting forward is amazing. It's like totally not an action movie. It's it's totally a look at like 
the good guys have bad people in them and the bad guys have good people in them. And like, it's a really good commentary on that, I think. Environment, ecology, yeah, survival, also, sustainability. It's all in there. Yeah, it takes, also. Yeah, go ahead. Animation. Is gr- is, oh is my really God. Good. It's basically an animated movie for like 50% of the movie yeah. when there's no humans, which is very regularly when it's just the apes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's just an animated movie. And like, I, it, it's so good. It looks stunning. It's great. I, I actually, I also enjoy, which is actually why I want to watch, I do want fill to finish that. I want to watch the third one too, because I think it takes all the really good things about the early planet of the apes, you know? Which is good. The, the message, you yeah. know, the kind of twist message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, it, it just infuses it throughout the whole new trilogy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, and it, and it, it plays with that argument a lot more. And um, I think in a, in a, in a more effective way. And I'm glad that you like this because we've talked about action movies. Before, I have my gripes with action right? movies. But this, these are also action movies. They are, but I would not say that there's a lot of action. I mean, they're, you know, to some degree, they're very subversive movies. Yeah. Just sort of. You're watching the, human, like the, humans sort of get like. Simian uprising. Yeah, you're or watching whatever. humans get snuffed out. Yeah. And it's basically, it's because. You know, of our own, of our own hubris. Yeah, you know, and it's it's really it's nice. I actually like it. You yeah. make me want to go watch it again. They were really fun. Um, the action also is really cool when it's going on. Like watching monkeys like ride in on like horses with like machine See, guns. But that was so. I gotta say, it that, was a little crazy. No, that was a little awesome. It was awesome. That's what sold me on. That's the second movie, right? The second one, yeah. Has, yeah. So like, I think in the trailer they had like apes riding in on horses with guns or yeah, something. That I'm was like, cool. That needed to be in a movie, and now it is. Yeah, no, it was super cool. Um, there was like a tank scene where I was like, okay, but um, that was pretty cool too. <laughs> um, I will say, and this is, there's, I'm gonna give two light spoilers. Um, the first is that in the first movie, there are like on the TV in the background of the whole time, there's like manned mission to Mars, and then like halfway through the movie, it's like lost in space, and you're like, oh, it's the guys. Uh, I was yes. like, oh, what a great callback yes. to like the old movies. Uh, I loved that. I just had an amazing idea for a crossover. Yeah. What if, let's just say, I don't know what's going to happen in the third. 2001 A Space Odyssey. No, no, no. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen in um, the third installment. Yeah, War of the Planet of the Apes. War for the Planet of the Apes. Also, uh, side note, Dawn for the Planet of the Apes and Rise of the Planet of the Apes are not great movie titles to have back to back. (laughs) Because they both sound like the first movie. No, first you wake up and then it's dawn. You wake up at dawn. It's rise and then dawn. You rise. And it's done. Anyway, war for the party. Right. And then you go to war. <laughs> then you go to war. Uh, here's, here's, here's my crossover idea. Here's my crossover yeah, idea. Yeah. Let's just say, I don't know how it's going to work out, but let's just say Planet of the Apes becomes the Planet of the Apes. They are now the dominant species on the planet. I'm guessing that's how it's going to end. I'm guessing. Maybe. <laughs> what if the Predator oh, no. infiltrates the Planet of the Apes? I Come would, on. No. I, no, Ben. It, no. Ben, You no. know that's a great idea. No, here's the problem. The Predator hunting apes. The the New Planet of the Apes movies are respectable movies. And so is Predator. The Predator series. Be. No, it's not. Uh, but see, I think the Planet of the because then you get into also like interspecies and intergalactic survival. I mean, then the Planet of the Apes has to start looking outward, right? <laughs> you could you could draw... Um, I would like to see Caesar go and t- take over a planet. Caesar versus the Predator. Okay, I like that a little bit. Dude, let's... It's a, I'm like not fully on board, but I'll get it You know I'm into it because I just dropped the word dude. dude. Okay, so like, and because it's a dude movie, but like dude, 
We should put that up on Kickstarter. Sure. <laughs> I'm writing it down. All right. I'm writing good. it down. Um, I, 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 the other really good moment, and this is like a little bit more of a spoiler, but at the end of the first movie, uh, there is a scene where something's going on like between the humans and the apes, and Caesar, he just gets up, and he just yells, no! Like he says it in English, like this monkey, and everyone was like, oh. First words. Oh, no. <laughs> it was so like good. such an epic moment. You're, Man. You felt it. Uh, since you were in France, you may be familiar with the French author Albert Camus. Yeah, I like Camus. And in the, his the Stranger, and also in one of his philosophical treatises, The Rebel. I haven't read The Rebel. He says, "What is a rebel?" I've read The Stranger. <laughs> what is a rebel? I don't know. It's one who says no. Ah, I like it. And then he goes on to talk about you know someone who's basically been enslaved their whole life, saying no. My it's dad, that moment of resistance. I don't want to. I don't want to make fun of my so dad good. too much, but my dad's always like, "Have you ever read the author Albert Camus?" Camus? And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm very Camus. But anyway, um, yeah. The- you want to talk about a true crime? That'd be an interesting true crime movie. Oh, because, no. Uh, <laughs> no, it would because, you know how Camus- Stranger? No, Camus. Oh. Camus died- um, Oh, I didn't know. Oh. Camus died in a car crash, but it was like this really strange thing because like there's only one tree- in the middle of like nowhere and he happened to hit the tree. Interesting. So there's this question surrounding his death determining like whether or not it was a suicide or not, hmm. which if you know anything about Camus' philosophy, it it, it just, it, there's all sorts of interesting questions there. Okay. Uh, you want a lightning round through this last couple? I really, we're running the, yeah, the I really time? don't. I mean, yeah, sure. Are you out of stuff? I'm, I'm basically out of stuff. I've seen a lot of other forgettable things. Okay. Like for example, I tried to watch some other standups. Didn't do it for me. Okay. Um, what else have I been watching? I, we've also started some series, and I'm not so sure. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna continue. Okay, uh, one of them, one of them is uh, this new uh, kind of thriller series on HBO, uh, uh, Sharp Objects or Sharp. No idea. Um, uh, eh. Eh. Little, little Tina. Uh, I mean, it's suspenseful. <laughs> but I I don't know I don't know if I want to continue watching it. Right. People are comparing it though to. Um, um, big little no, what is it? not big little lies? What was the little big things? The little mm. big, you know what I'm talking about? With like Nicole Kidman and um, all right, never mind. <laughs> Whatever anyway. that. Is. I'm little, tiny, little, tiny little big little, lies. I think it's little big little, lies. Little big lies. Yeah, little big lies. Yeah, something like that. All right, you anyway. go. Lightning round. Uh, well, not super lightning, but uh, I watched Thor Ragnarok. I don't really like. I haven't some, seen it. Don't really like superhero movies that much, but I needed something light after watching Wind River. <laughs> um, um. We need to do an episode on superhero movies because I have a lot to say about them. Uh, I will say there was this dude that was a rock, like he was just like a physical rock. He's like a gladiator. Uh, he was hilarious. He was and he was voiced by Taika Waititi, the uh, director of that movie, who also uh-huh. has directed uh, one of my favorite mockumentaries, um, "Things We Do in the Shadows," which is about vampires. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very funny. Um, so Taika Waititi, um, my, one of my biggest problems is that like superhero movies have just become comedy movies, basically, and like I don't know, I don't like that. Um, it was fun. Uh, every time the immigrant song came on, it was a blast. Every time, like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you just hear like boom, 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 sure. and you're like, "Oh, Thor's gonna smack some people with yep. thunder." Um, so that was that was a good time. Uh, it was it was fine. It was a superhero movie. Uh, again, we gotta do an episode so I can talk more about La- it. Layers of meaning there. Yeah, they come from the land of the ice and snow. Where's Thor? Boom. There it is. <laughs> Connections. Yeah. Media literacy. Good job. <laughs> Media literacy. <laughs> That's how it works together. <laughs> um, call me by your name. Ooh, very, I, very, very. Yeah, good. didn't see it, but I think we talked about it a little bit briefly at on the, very the beginning. Oscar. 
Oh, well, yeah, what was that for the best, best yeah. Oscar? And I mentioned at the very beginning, um, totally blew me away. Did not expect to like it as much as I did. Yeah, I, I loved it. That. I thought it was amazing. Um, it, it evokes a sense of a small town in northern Italy in the 80s so well that all I want to do is live in the 80s in a small town in northern Italy now. It's all. It's, it's okay. just beautiful. Uh, it was a really good movie, uh, Coming of Age. There's an amazing, um, I, I believe Joaquin Phoenix was the father. Um, played the father in the movie and like he gives his son like this father-son speech at the end and like I was like I was gonna lose it it was just amazing mm. it was a it was a beautiful speech it was a beautiful movie um, I like I said I don't really uh, have I, I'm a straight white man <laughs> um, and I was just like this is this is so good everyone should see this it is relatable regardless of if you're straight or gay um Go watch that. So yeah, uh, and then the last movie I watched, um, Murder Murder on the Ori- Orient Express. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. the reason I'm bringing this up last is just because we're next week we're gonna do uh, an episode on movies of the twist. Movies of the twist, and also uh, stay tuned for some more on Planet of the Apes as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> briefly. <laughs> when Ben when Ben comes up with uh, his new movie idea. <laughs> oh, I already just did. I've got yeah. it down here. That's going. Okay. Predator versus Planet of the Apes. I like it. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> not so really, good. but you know, um, yeah. Murder on Orient Express was um, it had redeeming moments, but I would say overall it was a weak movie. Well, how about this? So, so here's what's interesting about that, and um, I think at this point, Murder on the Orient Express is such a classic movie, mm-hmm. and we do mention it, but we do not discuss it in the movies of the twist episode. Yeah. So, do you nice. just want to like? tell what the twist is or do you want to talk no, about it? No, I don't no? want to talk about the twist. I think the twist is good. Okay. Like I genuinely think that like you're not like who done it and you're not really sure who done it and then when you find out it's good. And I don't I, I guess I like it's it. I guess so many people know already, but like for those who don't, I think the twist is worth worth it. Like I genuinely do. I think it's a cool, interesting twist. Um but here's the problem is there's a lot of characters have you seen the the old version? I haven't, no, but I've read it. I almost wonder if we should, you know, like, it'd be interesting to know which one. Like, if people haven't seen Murder in the Orient Express, like, is it more worth to watch the, old the classic one, the one? one? I don't know. Or the new one? The, this new one is really beautiful, I will say that. Every mm. time they're showing the train from the outside, you're just like, oh, I love this. In the beginning yeah. of the movie, when they're, like, in, like, the kind of that, like, explorers in, like, India, you're just like, oh, I love this feeling. It, it, it had a really good, strong opening. Um, the biggest problem, again, with the movie, there's a lot of characters. You know, mm-hmm. who, a whodunit movie, there's tons of whodunit. There's like 10 or 12 people that the guy's trying to figure out who killed the guy. And mm-hmm. like, it's too many because you can't get to know any of them. You know, this this episode has just strangely been a lot about crime. Yeah, it's true. So, <laughs> so. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to... Yeah, let's do an emerging culture. Sure. Let's do some emerging culture. Um, I've got a trailer in mind, so once we get I off I also the... do, so we might do both. All right, we'll, we'll do some emerging culture, and then we will uh, come back, talk about it, and conclude everything. All right, sounds be right, good. Be right back. And we are back. We're back. We're back. As promised, we actually did uh, watch two trailers. Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about mid-90s first. Mid-90s. Jonah Hill. Written and directed by Jonah Hill. It looks really good. Uh, Gotta say. Not a comedy. No. um, Looks dark. I think this is, you know, so like Jonah Hill had this kind of transition where, you know, he was in like, um, 
uh, it was in, was he in Moneyball? Moneyball, yeah. And he was in something else because he was trying to become like a serious actor. Yeah, yeah. He was working with like Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. What was the other one? It wasn't Moneyball. What was the um, other one with the... Oh, gosh. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so Joan Hill is trying to become like more s- kind of quote-unquote serious, right? Mm-hmm. And um, this is going to be his... It looks like he's... This is like his magnum opus. This Yeah, this looks like... He's fishing for an Oscar. It looks good. It lo- looks really good. So it basically follows the life but, of this. Oh, God. Go I was just going to say, from the trailer, it basically looks like it follows this life of um, a um, a young a young kid kind of growing up somewhere. I don't know if it's really specified where, mm. but very mid-90s oh, in yeah. terms of like skateboarding, skateboarding videos, baggy clothes, playing Super Nintendo, Street Fighter 2 t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening to cassettes. Listening to cassettes. T- well, and well CDs. CDs. Listening to CDs, but also listening specifically to like um, Wu-Tang Clan, like mm-hmm. when that was huge, when um, uh, uh, Enter the 36 Chambers came was released. So soundtrack follows... Um, uh, anyways, the Tears is the name of the song from Wu-Tang Clan, but it's actually mm-hmm. originally... Uh, After Laughter Comes Tears. It's an amazing uh, song. But then gets kind of has a serious note about, you know, hanging out with people, like his older brother kind of beating him up. Yeah. Hanging out with like the, the what does he call him? He says like you're hanging out with like your 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 friends. Yeah. He calls them something though, and I forget the term that yeah. he uses, but like your Punk. Yeah, no, nah, it's not even punk. It's more like gangster friends or yeah. whatever. Um, so dealing with that, dealing with, you know, doing things unsupervised for the first time, mm-hmm. riding in a car without parents with like, you know, the, the older kids, the older stuff. kids. Yeah. Going to parties and stuff. So it seems it's looks, it looks good actually. It does look really good, but I will also say that this looks like it was just made for you. Cause you do like, just love the nineties. So it, I would say that I'm, I'm a pro, I'm you know, you're pro 90s i don't even know that i'm pro <laughs> 90s it's kind of strange like i look at that and i'm like no i don't want to wear jinko jean shorts again like no, i don't like, want to do that you, you know look, what i mean like I, whenever i talk to you i feel like you just look through look back at it very fondly yeah i mean i, I you know i do because you, you that's when you grew up like of course you're gonna look yeah back. i mean i grew up so i guess i can i can relate to some of the the time mm. the time warp there um but i i just you know it seems more kind of like a it's more timeless tale perhaps than just mid 90s yeah i think so that just happens to be the environment but less so of a timeless tale yes would be the trailer for the new so comic-con's going on right now yeah so comic-con is happening right now and so we watched the trailer for aquaman which joey referenced earlier in the episode i think i referenced it in the bonus content actually oh sorry well yeah. anyways bonus content got it you want to get access to that you know gotta <laughs> subscribe patreon. on patreon um but yeah ooh. Ooh. here's the thing <laughs> here's the thing i so I actually don't have anything against Aquaman as a character. Oh, yeah, me neither. You know what I mean? But you're right. I think that we're beginning to reach peak superhero movie. Like In terms of, like, garbage? It just does. It doesn't Garbo. look good. It doesn't look good. No. Uh, the coolest part of the trailer was Black Manta. When he yeah, put, yeah, put yeah. on, like, the yeah. crazy hat and then, yeah. like, like, laser eyes. Yeah. And, you know, some of the cool stuff, like like having an army of sharks to, like, sure, you, know, yeah. you know, that that's great. All that stuff is cool. Like, riding a shark, like, great. The CG looked bad, though, right? Like well, I don't know that it looked bad, but it just looked, it looked too similar to stuff that's been done. It didn't, yeah. Also, you know oh, I mean? also like, yeah, like, uh, Atlantis looked like Gunga City. 
Yeah, like it just doesn't look. It doesn't look, and I I don't know who it, the I I don't even know who the director is, but it just doesn't look like it's like well thought out, like yeah, well no. done. You know and what I mean? Also, like his girlfriend's like hair is like neon red. Yeah, like disgustingly neon. Which red. you know, there's something to be said for the kind of bright colors, it looks like Ariel stuff like that. <laughs> she does look a little bit like Ariel. But uh, yeah, I I and you know what? Quite frankly, I expect that to flop. Oh yeah, it looks bad. <laughs> I mean, I I do. I mean, superhero movies, you know regularly bank a certain amount of money but i don't know what dc is do. just having a rough time of it though they're just not hitting the ball out of the park at all yeah have you seen like any good dc movies recently i heard like uh wonder woman was okay wonder i did see wonder woman that was good okay i did like wonder woman that was a good show uh, batman was... versus superman was terrible yeah not good i don't martha know. <laughs> yeah i didn't even finish it I don't oh think. god suicide squad was even worse i didn't even see suicide oh squad. it was so bad um but yeah so that's that we're gonna end on that one <laughs> yeah all right well there oh, it is hey uh, back from break hey this has been fun though yeah i think I'm it's glad. been a fun episode it's been a good kind of if you guys like this format more than like kind of our other formats maybe let us know maybe we'll kind of pepper these in a little bit more often yeah we have been experimenting a little bit with um some different kind of styles of show you know either deep dives on one thing or more general topics mm-hmm. we also might want to bring in uh some other people to talk about stuff some more yeah, and and we workshop some really good ideas today, yeah, like Predator versus Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so anyway, this has been Residual Culture. This has been Residual Culture. Our song today comes from People with Bodies. The song is called Finder. If you want, you can follow us on basically all the social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The Facebook page and the Facebook group remains probably the most active. Although I've been posting on Instagram more. Joey's been hitting up that, that Instagram. Yeah, so check us out want. on Insta. Let's check out us on Insta. Uh, 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 you can email us at residualculturepodcast at gmail.com. Um, also, Patreon. We've mentioned it a few times on this episode, but yeah, if you want to support the podcast, uh, you can check us out on Patreon there. Uh, yeah. And next week, we're going to be talking about movies with a twist. Yeah, movies with a twist next week. We already recommended these a couple episodes ago, but we've just been, again, the traveling, everything, super... Uh, it's been crazy. So why don't we give a refresher though? So, yeah, refresher. so why don't you recommend the movie to me and I'll recommend to you? Yeah. Uh, so you should watch Lucky Number Eleven. Okay, I will. <laughs> and you should watch The Usual Suspects. Uh, I'll do that. Um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna watch those movies and we'll talk about them next week. Um, yeah. Murder Murder on the Orient Express probably won't be touched on in that episode just because we touched That's on it true. here. I think we uh, mentioned it though. Yeah, we do mention it. Um, and here's here's the other, only other thing I'll say just on a programming note. Uh, our goal now is to kind of get everything <laughs> like, like re-synced up. Kind of right the ship a little bit and get everything synced up so we do have a, a pretty a nice uh, a nice selection of episodes coming up for yeah. you. But we should be basically on schedule after a few weeks or so. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, thanks for, you know, yeah, I know you guys missed us on the break. I'm g- we're glad to be back. Excited. Uh, got a good got a good semester coming up, Ben? Yeah, I do. I don't want to talk about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been Joey Lovato. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. Get into it. <laughs> <laughs>